0: Hello, and welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe. And I am your host. My name is Trisha Carr. And this is a solo episode that I'm sharing with you. I recently live streamed to share a message on, a little bit of a teaching on, how we can have the law of attraction really work for us by tuning to animals, nature, and children. So that's what this is. I'm going to play it for you, the teaching that I did, the live stream, and I am really had a great time with it. We do a short little exercise at one point that is that was actually suggested by my cat Barnabas. <laughs> so if you're new to the podcast, let me welcome you and explain what I mean by a message and a, and a little bit of an energy exercise by my cat Barnabas. That is in fact What I mean, I am an animal communicator. I'm also a spiritual teacher. So I help people to open their animal communication skills um, or talents and turn them into skills. And so I actually do talk about how animal communication and telepathy and healing and communing, exchanging energy with nature and as well as other realms of the universe, be that angels and whatnot. I explained that in the little lesson that's coming forward, so I won't explain that now. But, you know, if you are new, then welcome. And if you have been listening for a while, of course, welcome to you, too. And let me invite you, if you do enjoy this episode, if you want to share it with someone or uh, what really, really helps me is if you scroll down in your podcast app and leave a review. That is the best thing that you can do to support a podcast is to actually leave a review because that's what tells the algorithm that people like it. And so that would really, really help me. And I just appreciate you so much for being here anyway. Now, I also want to tell you that, as I said, I am a spiritual teacher. And so my two signature programs, depending on when you're listening to this, are probably just about to enroll. And that is animal communication. Yes, anyone. Can open this ability and this gift. It's something that I teach so that people could make it take it to being a professional. You can get a certification in it with my program if you want to go the certification track, or you can join it because you want to be in spiritual community and you want to enhance your attunement with animals and with nature. And Spirit just told me that whoever is really craving spiritual community and craving being having a, a deeper, stronger, more inspired and, and you know, just if you're obsessed with animals <laughs> and nature, that it would be, you know, it will unfold for you in the way that, you know, is just right for you. But we do, I do teach you how to make it into a professional service, which is super exciting if you want to do that. And then we also have multidimensional mediumship, which is another, my other signature program where I uh, teach and guide and coach people in a group container to open up multidimensional mediumship. And what I mean by that is connecting to all of the realms, all of the different kinds of energetic beings, entities in our universe, and having an energy exchange. It's... it's um. The reason I call it multidimensional mediumship is because mediumship, technic- usually people think of just connecting with past humans or dead people. That is a part of it, and it's a wonderful part of it. But I also teach the connecting and communing and communicating with other realms, such as the angelic realms. And the other, it is an intuitive or a psychic skill, but um, it is distinctive from just doing psychic readings because psychic readings tap in generally to the psychic field. And this is also how animal communication is different because we connect directly with animals. And um, and it is, brings in the skill of having a conversation and a two-way exchange with certain energy beings of the universe. So that's what I want to bring to your attention as we head into this lesson on how to get the law of attraction to work for you by connecting telepathically with animals, by attuning energetically with nature, and by spending time with children or, and or, your inner child. So, let's get into this bit of a teaching, and I will say goodbye to you, chat with you, on the other side. My name is Trisha Carr, and I am a spiritual teacher. I'm a hypnotherapist and meditation uh, guide and teacher, and I am also um, my, kind of my primary uh, things that I teach and the ways that I operate are um, spiritual gift attunement, and that is to help people to awaken and open their open their psychic and intuitive gifts. And um, is for my personal practice as uh, my spiritual practitioner. Gifts uh, includes animal communication, animal telepathy, and healing. That was actually the very first thing that I opened up as I had my spiritual awakening or my metaphysical awakening, and also multidimensional mediumship, or you know, connecting with all of the various dimensions of the universe and um, the entities or guides that we would have in those different dimensions, which includes animals, past and present, and also um, nature, elementals, as well as the elements of nature, such as plants, minerals, trees, and so on and so forth. We can actually connect and have um, telepathic exchange with anything in the universe. And then, of course, above and beyond this plane, uh, that's um, within this plane, the things that I'm mentioning there, but we also have angels, archangels, and interdimensionals, masters, and whatnot. Those are the main ways that I operate for myself personally and how my life is guided, as well as teaching others to do this. Now, I said those are the primary things that I do, and and meditation and hypnotherapy are uh, wrapped into that because... The way that we actually do engage in the realms of telepathic communication or in exchanging healing energy in any way is under a state, an altered state, and that is under the umbrella of hypnosis or meditation because meditation is a kind of hypnosis, either that you guide yourself into it or if you use a guide track such as is on Insight Timer or in any other production that is actually being um, hypnotized uh, by that teacher and that guide. So let's talk about the subject at hand, and I'm going to be checking in on your questions and comments as we go, To And the subject at hand is, <clears throat> excuse me, animal telepathy. We are probably all here, well, I imagine we're all here because you saw the title of it, because we love animals and nature so very much. And one thing that is on my heart to impress upon us is that the reason we feel so comforted and uplifted by nature and animals is because they are showing a pure version of divinity to us and a pure version of ourselves. The frequency upon which we are connecting with animals and nature is our is a natural, is a fundamental, and I want to say pure frequency of ours. And so it feels like home because it is tapping into a home frequency, a frequency that has not been tarnished or tainted. And what I want to talk about this is, of course, we're going to talk about how animal telepathy or telepathy in general is possible or what it is. But I also want to frame this with the title of my lesson. Really what I want to give to you is the best way that you can get the law of attraction to work for you is by connecting with animals nature, or and or children. Now, these three things have something in common that make it so that that law of attraction or any of the universal laws are actually working for us. And that's not exactly the right language to say it's working for us. It's just our perspective because the laws are just working. You know, they're working. And so it's about us getting into the alignment so that we are comfortable, um, uplifted, hopeful, even in the times of what Abraham Hicks calls contrast or in the times of challenge. That is also a part of the process that helps us to become stronger and helps us to create expansion in our uh, consciousness, which is what we're here to do, to expand our consciousness, because that is actually expanding the universe. That is what we are seeking a process in our lives when we are saying we're looking for our purpose or our life's purpose or our soul's purpose fundamentally it is the expansion of our consciousness because that contributes to the expansion of the universe. Now, what that looks like in our lives is variable, not only um, one among the other, but also from day to day for ourselves, while we may have larger overarching themes, like for me being a spiritual teacher And being someone who is helping others to connect to their spiritual gifts and um, unlock them, unpack them, and have them to work for them in ways that are evidential and helping them um, practically in your life. So, let's talk about how these three different concepts that I'm talking about, of how we can get the law of attraction to work for us by connecting telepathically with animals, with nature, and also being in the presence of children. So let's start with animals. So first of all, animal telepathy, how does this work? And I'm looking at my notes because I got some downloads before and they did not stick in my conscious mind. <laughs> so looking at my notes right now. So the reason why connecting with, well, let's start with animal telepathy. So telepathy is is the process of connecting heart to heart fundamentally, primarily, and and also mind to mind with other aspects of entities, really. So this could be done human to human, animal to animal, um, to a tree, to angels. It really is what we call also mediumship. To you know, I think mediumship really refers to being a a. A channel being a pathway from a higher dimension, but it still is also telepathy. Joining energies with another entity in order to have an exchange of energy, which becomes information, meaning it becomes a part of your form. So that can sound, look, or seem like clairvoyance, getting pictures. Uh, as you connect with another entity or an animal in this case, conversation, words, uh, sentences, speech, and it can also be emotions and uh, sensations that would be uh, exhibiting what would be a sensation in a physical space that can be exchanged between an animal and a human. So it is necessary for it to be anchored in the heart so that the connection is robust and trusting and loving and full and then but we do use the mind as the translator but not only the mind it's also other parts of our energy and it is really anchored into though the subconscious mind or the unconscious mind which is the body below the neck so if you're familiar at all with meditation we clear the mind right but then the mind sees pictures or um, experiences certain uh, imagery, and imagery doesn't only need to be pictures in the mind's eye. Imagery is any kind of our inner senses that are internally occurring, as opposed to you know something that is in the external world that we're just simply taking in. When we're in meditation, we are clear. We clear the thoughts so that we clock out. Of the conscious mind that which has already been created and we tune into the subconscious and then we use the tool of the conscious mind or the uh, you know of course the energy centers that are associated with it, such as the crown and the third eye and so on to interpret it or to be that um, experience of what is happening in the energy exchange. So with animals it's the same thing. Animals as we shift our state to be able to connect to the the body and the unconscious or subconscious realms and then we invite an animal to have that exchange with us then we can animals will ask us questions we can ask them questions and so this is something that I teach and it it's really amazing because if you have animals in your family you are already doing this but you may not be as aware of it As you would if you actually practiced this with someone else's animal. This is the first thing that is um, necessary if we want to open the gift of animal communication or animal telepathy. It really is that. I mean, of course, there's learning and there's different kinds of attunements so that we can trust it. And when I say learning, it's unlearning or remembering what we already know, Um, unlearning things that would separate us from what is natural to us, like communing with nature or animals. And But the reason that we really want to enhance the gift by connecting with someone else's animal, I mean another human's animal, is because then we get the feedback from the human as, yes, that's accurate to my family and what I know about my animal, and you couldn't have possibly known that another way. That's number one. But number two is because your own family, your own animal family you are so closely enmeshed your energies are so one, so united and so synced that we don't even recognize that as an extension of us that we are having that communion or sometimes we do but it isn't as obvious or overt as with an, an animal that you that isn't a part of your family because when we tap in with that one their voice, so to speak, Uh, their literary voice feels so distinctive to our own because it's not familiar to us, which is interesting because, you know, animals and and European history and and like witchcraft are called our familiars. And so they are, it's so familiar because they are a familiar energy within our energy. So with a stranger energy, it's more overt when we're practicing in this way. So that's how telepathy, some of the hows about telepathy. I'll leave you to that, just a little overview, because I want to talk about how the law of attraction is um, attuned. You're attuned to it. You get in that alignment uh, by working with animals, nature, or with children. So first of all, with animals, animals, are such a great bridge. Your Let's just say with your animal family, by the way, when I say animal family, it's because I have a personal aversion to the word pet. It doesn't I'm not judging anyone else who uses it, but that's what I mean. <laughs> I say animal family. I don't like the word pet. It sounds diminutive. It sounds like, oh, that's my pet. But again, I don't bristle if somebody else uses it, so no judgment, just personally. I am more comfortable calling them my animal, my family, you know. And so anyway, animals are such a great bridge for attuning us to the flow of life, to presence, to let's say how the law of attraction or our manifestation would uh, be more comfortable and, uh, and working for us. Because even though they are domesticated animals, let's say the most Common animal family members are um, cats and dogs and parrots or birds, and also you know horses, so those are the most common ones but they these animals who easily become a part of our family, they adapt to a domesticated experience, and some of them, like domestic dogs and cats, are domesticated biologically. But they are still mostly in a feral and wild and really kind of untainted experience of nature. Their primal nature is much more a part of their experience. Now, when I say primal, think of natural. And when I say natural, think of as opposed to the stuff that we have put on top of it, the humans have put on top of it, which will equate to it steps away from nature. That which maybe for good or bad or neutral, ha- cause us to feel as though we are not nature, but we're kind of on nature, or you know, what I mean, like next to nature. The things that that you know, technology is great, but. If we really look at technology it's actually showing us nature and how we actually are a part of nature is energetic communication fundamental even before primary more primary to us than than the language the spoken vocal language that we use is energetic communication telepathy and that's what we do with computers right now right now we are connecting in a, a technologically enhanced Energetic communication, even though I'm voc- verbally talking, we are connecting on an energetic level. Now, anyway, I digress. Let's get back to animals. So, because animals are anchoring the primal or the natural truth of divinity, then and then they are also acting as a bridge, you know, they have adapted to and to our perspective of being, you know, domesticated and having certain advances, what we think are technological advances, and just our perspective, they are so great because they have they can create a resonance field for us to be in the space of what we really need, if the universal laws are the natural laws. So they help us to attune back to presence to the moment, while also being able to kind of, understand, if you will, or uh, witness what our perspective is because they're tapped into it in order to be able to live with us. So I want to share with you a message from my cat Barnabas, who's my little sage, my my little wisdom keeper in my home. Uh, He's a big brother. And I also say he's the best person in the world in case you were looking for him. It is a black cat who lives at my house named Barnabas. And so I tapped in with Barnabas this morning with the intention to bring us some kind of attunement, well, bring me attunement and bring us some kind of attunement around this um, lesson, if you will. And so I tapped in with him and I got this, you know, wonderful smile and warmth. And I just asked him, would you like to share what it is that would help me to understand where I, you know, to attune me to let's just keep it in the law of attraction concept and, you know, what I can share with others. And we got into this deep, deep, intimate connection with one another. And the first thing that I felt, and and it, it was flowing between me interpreting all of this emotional and sensory energy to some pictures to some speech because, you know, he's adapted to the human language. So I'm just going to read to you what I interpreted. And so Barnabas told me and gave me the, the, um, even the offer of energy attunement, energy healing to anchor into root and sacral and to breathe deeply. So let's take a moment. If you would like to do this with me, let's take a moment. If you want to close your eyes. And just send your awareness to your seat and just above your seat, just all around your pelvic region, remembering that root and sacral are these deep and primal energy um, centers. They're translating, giving, and taking from these lower and inner dimensions of survival, of, of aliveness. And, you know, the root is, is associated with the element of earth and the sacral with water, these really fundamental building blocks of materiality. And if we just send the awareness there, and let's just take a moment or two and breathe deeply into to anchor into root and sacral. Really letting the depths of the pelvic bowl to open up with your inhale and emptying out completely and on this last one if you I've already started that's fine on let's say on the next one as you open it up deep into the perineum into the seat and then on the exhale visualize or imagine the uh, attunement all the way up the spine and so when you're ready Perhaps it travels the awareness up and out, all the way out the top. And you can stay in that space however you like. And I'll continue to share my message from Barnabas, the attunement for all of us, as he told me to anchor into root and sacral and breathe deeply. To trust the tides, as in the tides of the ocean, to trust the tides. Surrender to them. And this is also shown to me in this moment that there are also cosmic tides. That energy is always moving and that an aspect of its movement is tidal movement. Surrender to the tides. Let there be stillness when stillness calls. Let there be stillness when stillness calls. Let there be dryness when dryness calls, dryness when dryness calls. Let there be thirst so it may be quenched. Let there be thirst so it may be quenched. And relish in all stages of the process, relish. As this time, this means to anchor into root and master primal response. Anchor into root and master, meaning to be patient with, to witness it and to appreciate primal response. Add the gap and appreciate the stillness. Add. The gap. That means the gap of actually responding as you witness and appreciate the stillness of that gap. So let me explain this a little bit. What Barnabas is sharing with us, you know, we have this um this, res- this fight-flight response that we're all kind of dealing with all the time. That is our anxiety, that is our um our even our depression. And so that is when we're in our primal mind. And Barnabas is asking us to anchor into these primal responses, but to add this gap that we don't have to let it master us, but we can master it. If we add the gap, let's say if we're in anxiety, if we're in worry, to anchor with that deep breath and then allow ourselves to be a witness of it and appreciate it as a part of the process. And then this gap between letting our energy, um, be in the worry or in the action that response or actually I should say reaction, but to be in, let there be a space between what we're witnessing and how we will respond. He's offering that the breath will help us to attune in that and then appreciate it. Let the gap have stillness in it and then to appreciate it as a part of the process. So this is this is from Barnabas. <laughs> I'm going to move on to the next point in my little lecture here about how we can allow the law of attraction to work for us when we attune to animals nature and then also children. That is the biggest part of it. That's what I pulled through with Barnabas. Yes, that was with telepathy, but he gave us gave me so much energy healing in that. Now with nature how nature can help us to attune to the law of attraction so it is working for us, is nature is always showing us what we need to flourish, which we love, or to lay fallow. Laying fallow is when it's uh, it's being borrowed from actually farming. You have a crop that you are farming and After it fruits and we harvest, the field actually has to lay fallow. It depends on the kind of crop, but it's one season, two seasons, depending on the kind of crop that it is. That means it has to stay, it has to rest, and it has to rebuild its nutrients naturally. Just it has to be un, um, uninterfered upon in any way except how it would commune with the elements and those tidal flows of energy as well as the tidal flows of creation. So the field will have to lay fallow Sometimes, but you know, with our human construct and our our the human race, we have it set up to where we're always go 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 going. We only have like some artificial interruptions with Christmas or you know other holidays or maybe spring break, depending on you know what what uh, you know what kind of schedule you are on and. That is, but it's mostly go, go, go. But that's not natural. That's not how nature works. Nature is ebbing and flowing in that tide. Now, so as nature will show us what we need to flourish or to lay fallow, I mean that you can go out into nature and basically scry, meaning you take a breath, you maybe meditate for a moment or two, and then open your eyes. And whatever nature is showing you, whether it's far away or close, is a message of attunement for what will help you to flourish or fallow at that time. And so that could be that you lay your eyes on a dead leaf. Now that may be what impression you get from it instantly as you energetically exchange with it. It will be giving. You could even ask it a question and let the response show up in your being as awareness. And that would be your telepathic communication with it. Or let's say if you picked up a leaf, I'm actually going to pick up a crystal, and you looked at it closely and you saw maybe it gave you an impression of a picture, or maybe it's the colors of it, or maybe it's the, the veins or the parts that are broken off. It will be giving you exactly what you need to either flourish or lay fallow and to be attuned in the appreciation of the time to flourish or to lay fallow. Nature is always showing us what we need. Now, the other thing can be in other synchronistic things that we... Thanks, Jen. Thanks so much. Other synchronicities that can minister to us. It could be a bird. It could be a sound on the wind, on the breeze. It could be a bush or a tree. I was on a hike yesterday. Oh, I'm getting chills from it because I'm (laughs) reliving the attunement that I got. And on my hike... The trail was grown up over because it's been raining so much here. I live in Los Angeles, and so the beautiful, lush greens, the wild green, had grown up, and it was covering like as it like from my waist up. It was like um, making an arch over the trail, and so as I walked through this beautiful green wild plant, and it was touching me and I could just feel it and I could start to hear fairies in my mind's ear saying blessings, blessings, blessings and giggles and bells and dancing. And as they touched me, it was like hands were being laid upon me in the old timey religious healing or in even in Reiki or other ways that we have healing. And the hands of the plants were touching me and giving me these blessings and telling me that nature is always working for that springing up and also showing me that in a couple of weeks that these plants will start to wilt again and to give back to their earth and I can still walk on this path to receive blessings, blessings, blessings. That was an attunement I got from nature just yesterday. Then I went on another part of the path and there were little wildflowers growing up. And these little wildflowers, of course, they have green, they have a green, you know, a and stem i should say and then they had these tiny little orange buds and then there were other ones that had tiny little yellow buds and as i saw that i was thinking of the classic chakra system i was thinking of the green of the heart chakra and the the green of healing and then it was su- and it was supporting that sacral that orange beautiful sacral energy and that's actually upside down as our our chakras are stacked but it was appropriate it was correct my heart lifts up that sacral that sensual that creative energy and then with the solar plexus of the you know the gold and yellow and it supports my will and it supports my identity and it supports how i power forward the heart energy does that for me. That's what it reminded me of, to be anchored in the love and the heart and the, you know, let that be the way that my direction to flourish actually comes out. So that was some of the attunement I got from nature yesterday. And then finally, let's talk about how babies or children can attune you to the law of attraction. Well, there are a few ways. Like, and, and first of all, I want to say being around children that you know in the world maybe even watching um, tv or videos or different kinds of content that feature children and babies and also your inner child your inner child he or she is awake and alive and he or she is just as creative present and in the flow as she ever was before the world came in and interrupted that A child is the most natural, most creative, most present human being, human kind of being. It it is uh, a child, and your inner child is that immersion of spirit becoming human. It is the immersion of it. And so, much like an animal is anchoring that natural primal divinity and also holding the perspective of the way that humans are you know uh, viewing the world babies children and your inner child is the emergence of spirit into materiality so if we attune to inner child let the inner child play and creative and present energy be the guide for that which we are unfolding in our life then it will at least happen in a fun and joyful way or maybe sometimes it's time for nap time <laughs> and dream time. So yes, being around children, you, it will just be, it will infuse you with that. Or if you don't have children that you know, you can watch something or content, but of course, tapping into your inner child, having a relationship. I'm just going to say her because mine's a her. Having a relationship with her, asking her what she wants, being delighted by her and making sure that you hug her in and know that that is you so that you truly identify to that energy and to the precious divinity of you. All right. That's my lesson on how you can really get the law of attraction to work for you by attuning to animals' nature and yes, children, because they are the most natural versions of human beings. And so I hope you enjoyed that. And so now I'm going to check on the feed here and see how you guys are doing. Your grandbaby definitely makes everything amazing. That's wonderful, Violet. I have deep bows from the mountains of New Mexico. The wilderness has always been my greatest teacher. Amen. Thank you, Jen. Yes. So Violet, I got to spend time with my friend's baby. She was eight. She's 18 months old. And I, I'm still, this was like, I think two weeks ago now. And I just got to hold her and we played and they took a picture of us and we were, we were, her, her dad's a really fantastic photographer, the the baby's dad. And we were, sitting on the couch side by side and we were looking up and she was pointing and i was looking and it was like she was pointing to to the stars out to me and telling me about the constellations. it was really magical and we were having magical moments but i'm still just humming from that attunement by holding her and and being with her and so yeah you're you're so lucky that you have grandbabies tom says my grandfather family of farmers was a diviner and he was always a little embarrassed the t- that to talk about it but whenever a new well was being dug after the seismic equipment was used sometimes not to be accurate he would find the precise spot for the water ooh i lo- love it i love that so beautiful thank you for sharing that and your grandbaby will be a year old tomorrow how amazing to see everything through his eyes violet that's wonderful and joe says i do believe in medium clairvoyant and etc but i never uh but i never knew anyone could tell me or visualize anything new to me, like something that a person didn't know about me, and I've never had any vision from being uh, any being or anything from the supernatural realm. Any thoughts? Well, it sounds to me and it feels to me, Joe, that it's very natural to you that you hold the um, attunement in a way that is—it's kind of like I don't know if you heard—you were here at the very beginning of the chat where I was saying when we communicate, we're always communicating with our own animals, but it doesn't feel overt or distinctive to us. So, um, what I would say is that y- it is so natural for you to be in connection with the other realms that, the, I mean, we are the other realms as well. We occupy all of those realms. So if you have the intention, let's say, okay, thank you. So I'm just getting a message f- as a suggestion for you, Joe, that because you did ask any thoughts. And so the thoughts are coming for you. Um, And it's actually Archangel Michael having a strong connection to this energy of Michael, or if it is another, um, what's the word that we want to use? Okay. They're just going to say mythological portal that we want to use because the archangelic is just one mythological portal to um, connect with divine energies. And then another one would be, for example, if you were um, you felt a resonance with Eastern spirituality, then it might be Shiva, that, that kind of energy that is very proximate to the prime creator energy. I'm just going to say Michael. Um, so Archangel Michael is saying that, um, you have such, um, it's so natural to you and that you have so little, um, I just want to use the word doubt. You have so little doubt, even though you might be—you have healthy skepticism. But the doubt, as in the um, the way that we are uh, making assumptions that that we are not for us, or that the universe is not for us—that you have, um, okay, thank you. like a childlike, um, innocent faith. And it's not an immature faith. It's not an unsophisticated faith. In fact, it is the most sophisticated kind of faith that there is. So if you are interested or endeavoring to connect with, the the invitation comes from the energy of Archangel Michael, is to imagine, visualize, or sense you're having a conversation after having anchored into your heart, after meditating, and then to imagine what the conversation would be. They say that a helpful tool might be for you to actually write it and that the reason we want to say imagine it is because while you feel like you're being creative and you're imagining it yourself, you will be with your intention be pulling through a conversational partner of Michael or a, you know a, a, an entity in a realm that is different than the human realm. But you have to trust that because you are so close, and it is so natural for you, that you actually use your own imagination, your tools to pull through imagery, and and that includes words or any kind of other, um, you know, inner communication. And then that you this process and being playful with it, and having that childlike faith, that very strong childlike faith that is untarnished. That's what the childlike nature is about it that you'll be able to have fun with it and then you can stand back at a certain point and be in amazement of it so those are the suggestions there but i will also share with you that joe it's um it's it's usually when i get readings i do know what the person what they're sharing with me but they don't know that so does that make sense so it is evidential because i've already picked up that information they don't know this about me so they're telling me they're giving me a reflection of what is already in my awareness but they're helping me to enhance the the fact that these certain things are um important for me you know what i mean like it's a validation of what i already know but i will say sometimes i did have a reading in 2020 that i just went back and visited and uh, this person was really fantastic And this person picked up on something that was going to unfold, not for a whole year later. I had a, when it was suggested, when she suggested it, like, oh, this person around you, you just need to be careful. I was like, I'm not even that connected to this person. I mean, she didn't say the name of the person, but in the description of it, there was only in my mind, only one person that could be. And I didn't have much going on with that person. Like it was a business relationship, but I did eventually several months later. And then, you know. I heeded the, um, the the caution was basically about me, like to make sure that I don't become codependent or something in the business relationship. And I didn't, and it became a really great opportunity. So, you know, it it's interesting. Sometimes the it's because we already know it and it's familiar to us and it's meant to be a reflection. And then sometimes we don't know it yet, but it could be. And then also, obviously, sometimes the person, you know, it could be that they're not quite Getting it right, or they're filtered, doesn't line up with us, and that's fine too. I hope that was helpful, Joe. Thank you for sharing that, and thank you for sharing about your—I um, think it was your grandfather. Yes, yes. So, oh wow, there's a lot of people here. Nice to see you all. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this, and I want to remind you that if you want to learn more about me, that I do have several meditations up, and I actually just released one—I think two, three days, two days ago—that is about connecting with an animal. And so exactly what we talked about today, you can use that meditation to prime you to connect with an animal or an element of nature, as we were talking about, like a leaf or a fairy or something along those lines. Hi, Tiffany. Let me see what you're saying. Oh, your mom's dog passed away a couple of years ago. I'm so sorry. Yes, she was really sad. A few months ago, a new dog kind of fell in her lap and she looks a lot like the dog who passed. She ke- she keeps calling her by his name. Just curious if there's any significance to this. I um, it is my experience both personally and with the people that I I work with. So you know, I'm an animal communicator, and I've worked with many, many, many families um, communicating with our animals, and then giving those that communication to the humans. And one of the features of our animals, the ones who um, because most most of our animals, except for like parrots, you know, most of our animals have a shorter lifespan than us. Is that when it is time for them to have their graduation to pass, that they will pick the next animal or animals? They do, and that as you said, the the next dog just fell into her lap. It it's that. It's that phenomenon where it's like I don't know why, but this is the animal, or there may be some interesting synchronicities that are bringing the animals to us, and there's a recognition, or just things that just end up like, mm, it, it just this is happening. This is this is unfolding for me. That has to do with your animals on the other side or animal orchestrating it, picking and sending them to you. Now sometimes that happens while the animal isn't has not quite transitioned or sometimes it happens because there's overlap of the animals' lives and that more of a higher self um, uh, you know soul family connection calling in the other animal and um, so yeah that's it and it could be also so the other thing animals do reincarnate and even just like with humans even when we reincarnate we still maintain our um, uh, the form of our our energy, you know what I mean, in on the spirit side in the sense of being able to be a guide or to commune with those who are in the plane of, of the living. And so I've also had animals ex- explain it to me that they sent a portion of their energy into the Incarnation of the next animal. So maybe they, it's not like, oh, they're going to do everything like that, but there's a portion of my soul energy because we're soul family that goes into the other animals. So I think it could be both of those things, Tiffany. It could be that your mom is picking up on the fact that her um, past doggy called in this dog. And also there could be a portion of the energy. The other thing, especially with dogs, I would say, yeah, I'm going to say, especially with dogs, is that um, the past dog will for a while be very close and present. And I mean, a few years like two or three years, maybe four of the, of the new dog coming into the family. And he'll be training them like the alpha dog from spirit, from the spirit side. So they'll be, they'll have like this um, internship with the past dog (laughs) as a close spirit guide. You know, if you know dogs, you'll see when the alpha or the elder dog and a new dog comes in, they're always correcting the younger dog. They're you know, maybe giving them nips or they're posturing with them in a certain way to help them to understand this is how we behave. Not only about, you know, my food, but about our family. You need to be in the family in this way or that way. So that is happening from the spirit dog (laughs) to the living dog. (laughs) So there we go. I hope that helps. And Lady Tammy says, I rescued a dog after my father passed away and I felt connected to our missy immediately because her eyes reminded me of my dad oh i love that oh that's so beautiful i'm just imagining your dad and and the dog uh together on the spirit side and making this plan to inspire you and give you that guidance oh good so tiffany you were thinking about all those things oh she's a handful (laughs) Oh, thanks, Joe, just followed me. I have a big problem. I can't meditate. My mind can't focus or stop thoughts from coming in and out of my mind. You know what, Joe, I'm actually just about to publish a video on that. Um, I just recorded this video on it, and it's something that I talk about a lot, in, um, in and that is that it's actually, it's. I don't know how long you have been practicing or attempting to practice, But I will tell you that that really is uh, a very common, if not 100% typical. If you're starting to meditate after you're an adult, I mean, if, if somehow you had the amazing blessing that you were taught as a child through childhood, but I still think you would go through this stage because children have to, when they become come of age, they have to differentiate from what they've been taught. But anyway. That the conscious mind that when you're talking about you can't stop your thoughts that it that it's kind of like a it's a, it's it's wild or it's it's feral it's it's untamed, and so it has a strong um habit of being there. but every time you sit with the intention to meditate and the intention of slowing down or witnessing the thoughts, even just witnessing the thoughts, that is actually a stage of meditation. And it's a part of the process, so I just want to encourage you to um, not not have a certain um, like try to let go of what you think meditation is, if you can, because when you if you can do that and if you can sit and even observe your thoughts and know that that is a a stage of meditation and also the intention of it, it is. It's just like this is the best um, to sum it up. It's like if you. haven't been a runner or even like walking, you know, regularly, but you're like, you know what, I want to run a 5k, you know, in in three months, and you get out and you run around the block, and you're like, Oh, I'm gassed. And ow, I got a cramp in my side. And oh, I'm so sore. And wow, that was not very fast at all. the the body needs to it still worked going around the block that one time and then you do it again the next day and the next day and instead if i were to have in my mind well a person who runs a 5k should be able to at least run around the block and be a little bit fast about it um and i know that's obvious this seems like how can that be a comparison but we aren't really conditioned to you know think to think differently about um about our bodies. We understand that our bodies, if we haven't been doing a certain activity, that it won't easily do that activity, but the mind works very similarly. And that every time you go around the block by sitting to intend to meditate and observe your thoughts and just keep coming back, I think, okay, thank you. They're also telling me mantra meditation might be helpful for you. And because we come back to a mantra and the mantra helps us to you know, hold our intention of being there in that place, and hold our intention of being an observation of our thoughts, because we're we are giving a focal point of thought with mantra. I hope that's helps, but I want you to know that you are meditating because you've intended to meditate, and if you witness your thoughts, that is a stage of meditation, and that it, it really we we want to let go of stopping the thoughts. I think that's too oh, that's too heavy, so just let go of that language around it Good, good, and that said. I had a similar experience, but my new puppy that came about shortly after the other one passed as a oh has aggressive issues and we can't figure out. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you, Joe. That's so very kind. I appreciate that. Very new, okay. Just uh, Joe, just I think you some of the things that you, we already talked about too. We're having uh, the connection, natural connection to spirit. I think that it may be that. There's just a a preconception if you've witnessed other people and heard as them them sharing their own experience. Let's try to just drop that because I think that um you're very you're very natural in working in in meditation and in spirit in this way. And I just want you to you know I just want you to drop those preconceptions because I think you're right where you need to be. I feel that you are. And Annette, I'm so sorry about that. Um, There is. I, I I have someone to recommend to you if you live in Los Angeles who works with animals with dogs, sorry, dogs who are aggressive. Um and but if you you know, if you don't live in Los Angeles because he's actually my neighbor, but he's a fantastic uh dog behaviorist and um he works very much in more of the in that state of behavior to be able to connect with the dog in the right way. Um I imagine since you said you can't figure it out, you've worked with um some behaviorists. And that you might also consider adding in some animal energy healing or animal communication because um, sometimes, not always, there's a few things. And dogs and animals are just like us, that sometimes they do have something like they could be neuroatypical, and so it's harder for them to adapt to human um, lifestyle because that's what we're really asking them to do. Um, there could also be something that is basically like a uh, karmic, something that they're holding on to the energy of because it needs to be understood in the family and animals when we they actually heal from karma or trauma pretty easily if we you know tap into that thing that wants to be um uh wants to be alchemized into the awareness of the family group and um anything else, yeah. Okay. They're also telling me, so the dog's kind of young. The dog's like, is the dog around two? You may have said that, or I may just picking up on I'm not sure. Um, that also with your patients that there's some of this, at least this dog would grow out of, I'm uh, not necessarily all of it, but some of it. So two. Okay. Did, I don't know if you told me to, if you didn't tell me to, then I'm telepathically or, you know, energetically picking up on that. Um, and it's a female, she feels like she's two years old. And some of it is, um, her coming emotionally and, um, what's the, so you didn't tell me, okay. I can't tell if I remember it or if they're telling me, so just wanted to (laughs) contextualize it. But if I'm picking up on that, then I think that that can be, we can hold that as an evidence that I'm tapping into the energy and that, that it could be helpful, um, resonance. So, um, Yeah. So it feels also like, oh, okay. Thank you. So they're telling me like her nervous system, I'm going to trust the connection then like her nervous system kind of, um, maturing and that with your, with your patience around it, that she will kind of grow and mature out of it, but not necessarily all of it. Some of it is in the personality in a way that we need, um, more support around that we, and with more support that she could actually be when I say more support, that could be that behavioral, the healing, the different things that we can use. Um, and that with more support that she can actually use that personality trait to the advantage of protecting her family and trusting her family, anchoring into the family in a way that she doesn't feel like she needs to be aggressive. Uh, but she might have more of a, she may not be, she, she'll be, she could be socialized in a way that isn't necessarily like our lab, who's like, hi, everyone's my friend. It would be more like a calm um, awareness about her family, but a trusting in the family set so that she doesn't have to aggress outside of it. Missy just turned 12. and Definitely acts too. Oh, <laughs> Annette's dog is too, but uh, Missy acts too. That's cute. Feel free to leave comments or give me a review ask me for things i don't if you put comments here let me know the kinds of things you would like to have me teach about we did a little exercise in this little energy exercise that was suggested by my cat barnabas and um yeah i guess i will sign off for now but i've had the best time with you here today i hope you feel inspired to connect with an animal with nature or with your inner child or a child today And I'm feeling a thirst for doing any and all of those things right now. And as you heard Barnabas said, let there be thirst so it can be quenched. Ooh. So I feel I feel ripe to make those connections right now. And I hope you do too. Take a walk around, even if it's a walk around your neighborhood, it's still outside and you're still in the elements. Sometimes it's too cold or too hot or too wet maybe it's uh, just spend a moment or two under an umbrella or bundled up or stripped down it gets really hot where i am i'm in los angeles not quite hot yet as i record this but we're getting close to the hot 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 time <laughs> and uh you know i it, it it's worth it as long as you're protecting your health <laughs> to be out in the elements and you know spending time in community of others who have the same perspective that the universe is awake and alive and benevolent and desiring to commune with you and to communicate with you and holding space for yourself for that to, to be able to happen in a practical, real, tangible way for you. And sometimes we have to get quieter and quieter to get more and more present in order to be able to acknowledge and to hear the voice of the universe to hear the voice of your inner light that's my wish for you today as well as for myself and so with that i just want to remind you i'd love to receive a review from you if you feel guided or if you would share this with someone you can also find me on instagram where i'm posting a lot of content youtube as well regularly posting and sometimes going live on instagram also on insight timer And uh, of course, check the show notes for any and all of the offerings that are available right now. So I appreciate you so much for shining your light on our beautiful world. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.